expressed on this program do not reflect the views of KUCI or the University of California, Irvine. Hi, this is Zach Galatanakis. You're listening to Cool Jazz Favorites. Hi, this is Zach Galifianakis. You're listening to Easy Listening Jazz Favorites. On K- Hi, this is Zach Galifianakis. You're listening to KUCI Irvine 88.9. It's been a pleasure, and it's an even greater pleasure to have a live in-studio guest today, Allison Tran, Teen Service Librarian in Mission Viejo. And she's a very special guest as well because she's been a former library employee here on campus at UCI since uh, 2006 was your last year, and then you got to move on with your degree and is a professional librarian off campus outside of Irvine. Congratulations. That's exactly what I hope to do in the near future. That's why this is my last radio show, so I can move on just like you from the campus and be a professional librarian elsewhere. Nice to be on your show. First of all, thank you so much for having me. And it's really nice to be back on campus. And um, it's just, wow, how cool is this? So nostalgic for me. (laughs) I used to listen to KUCI when I was a student here, actually. Well, what did you listen to? Do you remember? I don't. It was, I would just tune in whenever, and they always played really cool, like, indie alternative. It was the 90s, so, you know, cool stuff. I had a friend that did some kind of anime music show, but unfortunately, it was, like, at two in the morning. (laughs) So I just cheered him on, but I don't think I ever got to listen to it. That's exciting, and I hear you do a podcast of your own. For, I do. Was it Authors That Rock? rock? <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. it's called Authors Are Rock Stars. And I got together with my friend Michelle Ann Dunphy, who's a professional voiceover artist, and as well as an avid reader of YA fiction. So she's, you know, the voiceover artist who reads. I'm a librarian who sort of dabbles in voiceover. So together we combined our powers and created Authors Are Rock Stars, where we interview YA authors. And you can find it at authorsarerockstars.com or on iTunes. That's so exciting. Our authors are rockstars.com. Yeah. How many um, years have you been doing that podcast? Two. It's really fun. We've gotten to interview authors like Meg Cabot and Shannon Hale and Cassandra Clare, Holly Black. It's just been amazing. So some really cool authors. Check it out. Especially as a teen services librarian where you're pushing those books on teens, you get to speak with the actual author. That makes you kind of a rock star to the teens after they read the book. Are they like, oh my gosh, take a picture for me? Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I try not to come off as like, oh, you want to read this book? I totally met the author. Um, you know, because that's a little obnoxious. But <laughs> sometimes when the author is just that cool, I have to tell them that I did meet the author and that, you know, they should go listen to the interview, especially if I know that they're avid fans of that author um, because it does give them a chance to get to know the author a little bit better in a different context. So that's really fun. But no, I don't think the teens think I'm a rock star. (laughs) Not quite yet. Because that would be inspirational to them. I think like, oh, I want to be a writer too one day if they're growing up and wondering what to do. That's exciting. It really is. Actually, one of my favorite things that I get to do as the teen services librarian at the Mission Viejo Library is host really fantastic author visits. And that's just my favorite is connecting teens who have read these books 
and thought about them and maybe they've been inspired to draw pictures or make costumes about these books and they get to meet the author in person and talk to them and find out a little bit more about them so it's it's really great when you get to connect a young person to an author and they they see that it's reality that this is something they could do if they have that dream as well and that's also a a great profession in itself is to be a teen services librarian because you get to do not um, exactly what a teacher does I think you have more freedom to do creative things and um, touch more um, lives so how did you get to the position you are now what was your um, education and life background that made you want to become a librarian in the first place That's such a good question. My mom um, is a retired teacher, so I grew up in a very education-minded household, and I thought that teaching would be a great profession, Um, but I think my calling was really more librarianship. So I went through college here at UCI, as I said, and, um, you know, the great thing about librarianship is you can really major in anything in your undergrad because it all applies later. So I did art history, and I minored in Japanese. And that was really fun. So actually, after that, I taught in Japan for a year, which was really, really cool. Um, And then when I came back, I just sort of started looking for, okay, what's my next move? You know, where am I going? And I got a job as a library assistant at the UCR Libraries, which was great. And I got to do that, and I got to learn how to do reference and instruction, teaching the college students how to do research and outreaching to junior high school students. So I was sort of working with that young adult age group, even at an academic library context. So that was really fun. So when I went to library school, I thought I'd better prepare myself for any type of librarian position because you just never know what you're going to get unless you can afford to like have the freedom of moving around the country for your library job you'd better just be flexible yeah. <laughs> right yeah. so I, I didn't really have that luxury I needed to stay here in Orange County so I thought I'm going to prepare myself for anything and what I really wanted to do was children's services or youth services young adult services but I thought well you know what are the odds of that that I'm going to graduate and find that job right off the bat I don't think that's going to happen so I really tried to prepare for anything But I did allow myself to take, you know, a children's literature class and a young adult literature class. And that was like my my fun. You know, that was like my little hobby. And then right off the bat, when I graduated, I got a children's services position. (laughs) So I lucked out. Congratulations. Thank you. And then so I did that for three years and then I went into teen services. And now it's kind of come back around and my teen services position has expanded into children's. So I'm not only serving teens, but I'm doing like story times and it's really, really fun. I love storytelling class, and when I took it at Illinois, where did you go to library school? San Jose State. Oh, nice. So you did that um, in person and online or just online? Yeah, it's an online program now, but when I was in it, it was a hybrid program, mm-hmm. which worked out really great for the you know full-time working individual. Yeah, I think that was in Fullerton, right? You would mm-hmm. go to Fullerton. And so were you a full-time library assistant and full-time library science student? I guess I was more of a full-time library assistant and then maybe part-time student, etc. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't really remember how that worked out, but um, I probably could have gone through the program a little bit faster if I had, um, you know, really bulked up on those classes, but you have to balance everything. Yeah, it's like um, spring break on campus now, so I don't know how many people are listening in their dorms or anything, but if you're an undergrad thinking of, oh, what am I going to do um, when I want to graduate, you know, you could be just like uh, Allison and I here and uh, apply to library school and maybe work at the library. Just, I think, um, 
Libraries are not known to a lot of people on campus about the full potential of the resources available to them. Even as just a student here, there's so many um, reference librarians in your subjects uh, specializing in research help for writing essays or anything that you need just um, a little help with besides using your own internet um, search engines you should just try to come into the library when you have you know an extra hour or 20 minutes or it's so true I really feel passionately about that especially having been in the instruction and outreach department here at UCI libraries um, the biggest takeaway I want students to get is that come ask for help because honestly as an undergrad I did not know that I could ask for help um, it was kind of sad I would just you know look through Ant Pack and do my searching and hope I found a book and um, I did okay <laughs> but it could have been so much better if I'd had the guidance of a librarian so I always tell students that you know the librarians are really waiting for your questions and they are experts in the fields that you're studying so find your subject librarian come talk to them they want to help you yeah definitely um, we have the science library and we have the Langston library there's also the medical library if you're in orange if you have a doctor's appointment you have a library card with your student ID and you can make use of the services there which I've I've done as staff you know I have a doctor's appointment and I'm right before well, let me go check out the medical library and there's resources for you there as well as online from your house you know you can do the VPN and you can access databases mostly with um, your UCI Net student ID or if you're a student faculty or staff even. It's so useful. Ziba, did you use the library as much as you were a student? Um, as a bio-sci undergrad, no, not until um, close to my last year or so. And it's a, it's a shame, you know, it depends on who you speak to. Some librarians maybe you know you don't have the best experience with and that that kind of put me <laughs> off oh. at the science library with the I don't even know who it was but science librarian I just wasn't <laughs> wanting to come back again but it's a, it's different every time it's like generally a good experience at um, the library you should check it out and then as a film and media student I definitely took advantage and I loved our film librarian um, Virginia she's actually my first guest ever on our digital future wow she was uh, um, for visual arts the librarian so visual studies so she did art um, undergrad and she was great so I just she was actually my mentor one of the reasons I got into library school and wanted to become a librarian to be just like her oh that's so sweet. Well, actually, I think you hit on a really important point. I think usually there is some kind of mentoring going on and someone leads you into it. Like librarianship, I think, is such a cool career, but it's, as you said earlier, it's not something that a lot of people are thinking about. Um, but usually if they have that experience, like maybe they're working part-time in the library, they think at some point, oh, this could be a career. And um, there's a lot of really cool librarians that you can learn from. So I'm glad you had that experience. Yeah, I was excited to use film and media and the libraries together to, you know, write papers, analyzing films, and using the LibGuide that was created online. It's like so many great resources. I just feel it's such a shame they don't get used, uh, like newspapers online and the movie posters and all the different, you know, we live by, uh, you know, Hollywood. We could go to the library studios there, the Oscars, Academy of the Arts, Motion Pictures. This is such a great 
opportunity to be in Southern California and having access to these great archives and libraries. Even the um, Los Angeles County Museum of Art, I had the archivist on from there. And ah. It's open to the public. You can go to the Lacoma Archive and Libraries and this is wonderful. I just want everyone listening to really feel motivated to check out your local library, be it at a museum, at a school, at the city. Just there's, I love the Newport Beach Public Library because of the DVDs. I was like, I've been saying that for three years. I go <laughs> and I get five DVDs for free with my library card, and then you can renew it. You have it for like two or three weeks. Yeah, people love that. It, it is. I mean, the public library, you have a lot of um, access to great materials too, which is such a good point because I think um, college students tend to sort of fall away from their public library. I think it tends to be like children, teens use the public library and then they get busy. And I did this too. Like I considered myself a reader, like a recreational reader all through college. But if you had asked me what I was really reading, it probably wasn't much. Um, but I still considered my identity was, oh, I'm a reader. Of course I'm a reader. I love the library. Did I go? Maybe <sighs> a little bit. Um, so it's kind of a shame because libraries still have a lot for um, college students and 20-somethings. People tend to come back to the public library when they have children themselves, which is so good. You're, we're glad they come back. But I wish that people would keep coming that whole time and um, take advantage of what the library has to offer. Because it's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, the audiovisual materials are great. Even if maybe you wouldn't consider yourself a reader, they have, you know, CDs and even digital downloads, MP3s that you can, I know the LA Public Library, you can, with your library card, get a certain amount of um, songs. I think it's from the Sony Music Library online. You can download with each library card. You have, like, five library cards per household or something. Oh, so. that's cool. Yeah, that's a really good program. And actually, on that note, um, Libraries more and more are lending ebooks, which is great because we all love the paper book, but some of us, you know, want the convenience of the ebook. So we have these devices where you can read ebooks, but you know, it gets a little expensive to have to buy every copy. And a lot of people don't know that they can check out ebooks from their libraries, which is really great. Um, so definitely, everyone listening, check that out. And libraries are also beginning to do digital magazine subscriptions as well. Oh, so it's wow. Not just books. Yeah, it's really neat. I haven't heard of that one. That'll be something cool to check out. If everyone even doesn't even want to go in person to the library, you can totally do it online. It's true. It's true. I mean, we like to see your shining face in the library, but, you know, we know you're busy. So just take advantage of our resources digitally. Yeah, and they still get counted for statistics. They check the usage. I know in library school where we were required to listen to audiobooks, mm. and I was able to not even have to go to the library in person. I could check out an audio library book through MP3 streaming through a software online. So that was really exciting to be able to, you can put the audio book on your iPod or your iPhone or your iPad and I can, or your laptop and listen to an audio book just get it, checking it out through the computer not having to buy it. Yeah, it's so convenient. And actually, too, some libraries are lending the devices along with the files. Like, you can check out an iPad um, or just use it there. It's really, really cool what, what all the different libraries are doing. Tell, tell us about your, your library. Do you, so you get to put on the programs for teen services? Yeah, um, as I mentioned, we do a lot of author events primarily. And what I'm working on right now is implementing a teen blogging program. The teens in my community are very education-minded and service-oriented. They need to earn volunteer service credit, um, you know, for different honors organizations they're in. There are various reasons for that. And the library up to now hadn't had a 
year-round experiential hands-on volunteer program for teens. So I thought, okay, how can I provide volunteer opportunities for them without making them commit to something that they have to come into regularly? Because these teens are so busy. They're doing sports, extracurriculars, theater, dance, um, extra tutoring. Oh, my goodness. It's just jam-packed. So the blogging is something that they can do virtually from their own home at their own pace and their own schedule. And it's primarily a book blog. Ooh. Yeah. So um, they're writing book reviews or like top 10 lists of their favorite books, you know, just something to promote teen literature in the community. Um, And the reason they can earn volunteer service credit for this is because it does become a community resource. So when people are looking for like, well, what's, what are the teens reading? What should I read next? They could go to this blog and see what's going on. So that's cool. And also they get opportunities to interview authors and do things like that, the interactive experiences. Yeah. So, and actually though, after saying all of that, the blog is not yet online. Um, I am launching it. It's a pilot project, but it's going to be called Mission Viejo Library Teen Voice. Ooh, Mission Viejo. I think even... um, catches KCI a little bit, so maybe some of your teens are listening to you on the air right now. <laughs> Hope so. <laughs> but yeah, so that blog should be going online pretty soon. So if you Google Mission Viejo Library Teen Voice within the next few weeks, it, it should come up for you. <laughs> and if there's a teen that wants to uh, be a part of that, how do they get involved? Uh, they should just stop by the Mission Viejo Library and ask for me, Allison, and um, we can tell them all about it or call us exciting and then what's the website also for the just the mission viejo library oh thanks it's cmvl.org so it stands for city of mission viejo library.org but um if you just google mission viejo library <laughs> it's probably easier than memorizing the acronym cmvl.org mm-hmm. oh, okay that's not bad cmvl okay <laughs> <laughs> see i told you it's hard to memorize <laughs> so just google mission viejo library we're the first result Oh, nice. And you guys are um, open today? Absolutely. We're open seven days a week. Oh, good. Is that like the central library for Mission Viejo? It is, yeah. We're one big city library. I I love the central library uh, from Newport. I have to check out Mission Viejo now because each library in itself, no matter where you go, has a great architecture and design. And I just love it when there's really great furniture and interiors. Do you find yourself traveling a lot and checking out the libraries and wherever you're going? Oh, definitely. Anywhere I go, I visit the library. Um, It's such a geeky little habit, but (laughs) I can't help it. So, yeah, like when I went to Hawaii, I went to, you know, the library in Maui. It was so pretty (laughs) overlooking the ocean. How are the libraries in Japan? Oh, they were good, actually. I was really lucky. When I lived there, I was just a few blocks away from my city's library, and I got my library card, and it had a pelican on it, a really cute little cartoon pelican, because my city was famous for having this pelican. Oh. Seriously. And um, (laughs) so my library card was just the cutest library card ever, and they had a small selection of English language materials. So I pretty much went through that during my year there. Wow. I read some things that I probably wouldn't have picked up otherwise, but they were in English and they were there, so I was very grateful for that. What city were you in over in Japan? It was called Ube, which is a really, really small city at the very western tip of Japan. Um, so it was like uh, maybe an hour from Tokyo by plane, oh. um, but many, many hours by train. So um, closer to Hiroshima or Fukuoka. So that's where I would go for the big shopping where, what were you teaching over there? English. I was on the JET program, which is a government-sponsored program where they bring um, English-speaking 
foreigners <laughs> from different countries, not just Americans, um, British, Australia, Can Canadians, and they um, teach English, but also really it's to internationalize the students. Some of them had never met a foreigner before, so that was a really powerful experience when lesson plan involved um, greetings, and so the teacher who I was working with wanted me to shake everyone's hand, and he said, okay, who here has shaken hands with an American before? And like, no one raised their hand. So wow. I was the first American that they ever shook hands with. So that's, you know, a big responsibility. Oh, that's exciting. We made it fun, yeah. <laughs> and that was right after you did your um, four years at UCI as an undergrad? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was really great. So maybe some undergrads here can um, look into that program if it's still going on and just go maybe anywhere, not necessarily Japan. But I always thought of that, going to teach, you know, somewhere right after college. It's a great thing to do if you're interested in international travel. Um, living in another country just definitely gives you a different perspective on everything. Did you study abroad as an undergrad? I did, yeah. I mean, the UCs have such a great study abroad program. Um, so I took advantage of that, and I studied in Paris Ooh. for a month. Yeah, it was really fun. How was the library in Paris? <sighs> it was it was beautiful. I mean, everything was just stunning. Everything in Paris is beautiful. <laughs> so um, I had a really good time because... That had to do with my art history undergrad degree, so I was really there to see all the wonderful cathedrals and the art. I was, it's funny, I just was at the uh, Paris Hotel in Vegas, and I'm thinking, this is not, I don't think <laughs> what Paris looks like, but what if the foreigners came here and were laughing at it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what the French people think of the Paris Hotel in Vegas, but <laughs> hey, it's fun, right? <laughs> So that was exciting for you to go to Paris in Japan and see the libraries there in Hawaii and then now take it all into your li professional librarian uh, position at Mission Viejo after working at UC Irvine as a library assistant. It's exciting. What do you see um, yourself doing in the future, staying in public libraries in the area? I think so, yeah. I'm really interested in um, getting those leadership skills. So actually this year I'm participating in California's Eureka Leadership Program, which is for California librarians to build their leadership skills. And my teen blogging project that I was talking about is part of that. Um, you participate in a really intense institute where it's like leadership skills. It's like boot camp for librarians. Very cool. And um, then you go back to your library and you do a year-long project. It's grant-funded that benefits the community in some way and builds relationships. So I'm having a really great time with that, meeting a lot of great librarians, and I've got some mentors, and it's just a wonderful experience. So I would definitely recommend that for anyone. And I'm not sure where I'm going to go after that. I mean, just, you know, hopefully continuing to build my skills in youth services, hopefully work my way into management at some point. Um, you know, the responsibilities grow, and... It's, uh, it's challenging, but I'm really excited for whatever challenges lay ahead. And do you plan to continue your podcast? That's a good question. I think so, yes. We've been doing it for two years, but my, my co-host, Michelle, is moving to Seattle soon. So it's going to change format, I think, because we're not going to be able to record as much together. But we love it, so I think we're going to continue. Oh, that's exciting. Do you go to ALA every year? 
Not every year, but I want to start going more and more. I have two little kids, so I've been kind of laying low, of course, you know, being a mom. But they're getting a little bit older, so I'm becoming a little more mobile. And I went last year to ALA. It was in Anaheim. We were so lucky it came to us instead of us having to go. (laughs) I was there as well. That's the American Library Association for anyone that doesn't know what ALA is. (laughs) Yeah, they wouldn't know. (laughs) Librarianship has a lot of acronyms, yes. (laughs) So, um, yeah, the American Library Association Conference was so much fun. And actually, I was... I chaired a local arrangements committee for the Young Adult Library Services Association, YALSA. Um, So that was really fun. It was a great way to network. So the ALA conference can be really intimidating because it's huge. It's the national conference. Librarians are there from everywhere, and it's just busy and overwhelming. But having a committee appointment um, gave me something to do. Like It gave me a job, and I knew where I had to be, and I knew who I had to talk to. Um, which was really great because sometimes it's hard to approach people and just be like, hi, yeah, <laughs> want to talk? <laughs> it's really intimidating and they tell you you should network. Um, so having a, some kind of task to do is a great way to, to do that networking because suddenly you have a reason to talk to people or be in certain places at certain times. It's coming up in Chicago this year and it's, that's where the ALA headquarters are. Yeah, Illinois. Yes. I'm excited. I'm going to try to go to that one. I've submitted a couple of proposals to speak, and so hopefully that'll happen. Good luck. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to try to stick to one conference a year. Um, That last year I went to two, so this year I'm going to try to just do SA, which is Society of American Archivists. Ooh, and where is that one going to be? This year in New Orleans. (gasps) Fun. (laughs) Last year it was in San Diego. That's why I was able to go to Anaheim and San Diego to conferences without really having to fly anywhere i've never flown for a conference so we'll see okay the best library conference i went to was in hawaii (laughs) i mean i shouldn't say best it was really good but probably the thing that pushes it over the edge to make me say best is that it was in hawaii i mean (laughs) come on um that was pretty great so so yeah that was the only one i've ever flown to so far um i've basically stayed local but i'm looking forward to branching out and starting to travel around to do these conferences so the saa conference is that big or what's it like oh it's a lot smaller yeah i did um ala and then saa so saa was second and i noticed yeah it's a lot more intimate but um i mean it's still really big compared to ala is huge like saa is also national it's just a different um different crowd you know very specific to archives and all the panels are about i I like the ones about preserving film and media Mm. and it was really great seeing old footage they showed the jfk assassination footage from home video wow from and it's like you know small gauge film it's like i just really love that's part of archiving audiovisual materials so yeah i mean you get to really interact with the original sources it's mm-hmm. amazing yeah and even community libraries would collect local history through home video even like there's <gasps> home movie day around the world every year in october where everybody can go to their local home movie day i just did i uh, went to home movie day la and you can bring in old footage and they have the uh, projectors the equipment there to pr- play it so sometimes you've never even seen what's on your home video and you can watch it in public and see. oh my goodness that's amazing i've never heard of that i'm so glad you mentioned it yeah check it out almost every state every big city has a home home movie day just i think it's just like homemovieday.org or dot com so <laughs> right google it and find it and go in october it'll be really fun 
Oh, wow. That sounds really cool, especially for an archivist. <laughs> I'm excited to um, currently be in my um, second internship. I'm gaining experience at the Special Collections at UCI. Oh, that's such a great department. Yeah, I really love getting to work with um, archivists and preserving, processing new uh, collections, materials that come in. Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff there. It's really exciting to work in. And, of course, that's probably one of those best-kept secrets. Like, probably a lot of undergrads don't really know. Oh, yeah, the archives. Because there's limited hours and circulation. It's, like, in person. But this this gems you can see in there, it's really exciting. Really unique, one-of-a-kind materials. Everyone check out your local library, your local archive, your local museum library and archive, everything. It's really great to have you here in person to talk about uh, public libraries and your work here at the academic library and your history in library science. It's really fun to have you in here. Thank you, Allison, for being my last guest ever here on Our Digital Future, saying goodbye to KCI after 13 years on the air. Aw, thank you so much. It was an honor. And I mean, best of luck to you in the future. Thank you I'm sure so the much. radio station is really going to miss you. Oh, thank you. Hopefully, um, I'll be on the air elsewhere, wherever I'm a librarian. Or maybe I'll start a podcast as well. <laughs> Do it. Thank you, Allison. And uh, thank you, KCI. I really enjoyed my time here as a music host for 10 years and a PA host for three years. All started in 2000 as an undergrad freshman on campus listening in the dorms at Mesa Court and continuing as staff from the library. Every week it's something to come back to and I'll miss it dearly. Go Eaters! Zot, zot. <laughs> zot, zot. But thank you, Allison, for being here with me and uh, signing off. This is me, ZBZ, Our Digital Future. Thank you, KCI.